Well, good morning, good morning. It's so good to see everybody in this new space. I'm get, still getting, we're all still getting used to it. And I have a few funny things for you this morning. I heard once kids laugh 200 times a day, and adults only laugh about 14 times a day. So this is an area that we need to enter into childlikeness and become more like kids who laugh 200 times a day. Amen? Laughter is good medicine. And so I got a few things. If you don't think they're funny, just give it a faith laugh anyway. <laughs> Sometimes we laugh in faith. All right. So the Arizona summer is here. So remember to drink lots of water and stay indoors between 11 a.m. and November 1st. And that's the truth, really. Everybody, uh, uh, my family from Michigan, they're like, how do you stand the heat in the summer? We're like, we don't go outside in the summer. That's how we stand it. My hobbies include eating and also thinking about the next time I'll be eating. <laughs> my wife, <laughs> I like this one. My wife and I child-proofed the house yesterday. It was a total waste of money. They all got back in within minutes. So that was just a big waste of money. Congrats to me. I just made my last mortgage payment. I still owe 362000 but I'm just not going to pay it anymore. <laughs> so see how that works out. And I have one more. I had my patience tested last week. I am negative. <laughs> All right, Father, we thank you so much. God, we thank you. I believe there's a spirit of faith in this room today. And I just believe there may be uh, many of you here that are going through something in your life. And I just felt during worship to tell you just to connect to that spirit of faith, that God is giving you the spirit of faith. And as you connect to it, it brings a peace. It's like that scripture that says, be anxious for nothing. What's the opposite of, of anxious? It's, it's rest. It's, it's faith. It's just believing that God is coming in. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. And I just feel as you step into that faith and you're like, God, I'm giving this request to you that you're going to have peace in that area, that challenge that you're facing right now. And I just want to encourage you to have faith that God is coming through for you in that situation, whatever it is. So I just release that to you. And God, we just pray for this message this morning, God, that your anointing, that your fire is on it. And God, we pray that the Holy Spirit just um, comes right now and just speaks to every heart, God, as you advance us deeper and deeper in your love and your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. So we've been talking this year about going into the promised land. And I just want to encourage you to read those scriptures, um, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Exodus, Joshua. Read those scriptures of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, going into the wilderness, and then going from there into the promised land. Because I feel like it's so significant for this season. So I can't get out of those passages right now. I'm just staying in those passages. And the Lord keeps to, speaking to me about this. So, and I've been encouraging, as we've talked about this, to go after breakthrough in this season and to put on the lens of hope and to get ready for the next season. I believe God is getting us ready for the next season because he's going to do something very special. God is looking for Joshua's and Caleb's that will dare to believe what he says and dare to hope. He's looking for those who will move forward courageously. 
And we're going to talk about that this morning. But he's looking for people who are filled with hope. You know, Joshua and Caleb were the only two men that were brought out of Egypt that actually got to go in to the promised land. Everybody else was the next generation. Like millions of people went in, but they were all from the next generation, except for Joshua and Caleb. And there was one thing that separated them and all those other people who didn't get, get to go in. They believed what God said. That was the difference. God told them, I'm taking you in. And they took God on his word, and they stood in faith, and they stood in hope and said, we believe that God said he's taken us in, and we believe that he's going to do it. That was the only difference between them and everybody else. So God is looking for us to dare to hope and to just believe what he says. Just look at his word, look at the promises he's given you, and just say, I'm going to decide to believe this, and I'm going to have hope for it. So I want to read Joshua chapter 1 this morning. So if you want to go in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1, I'm going to be reading from the NIV. Now for the record, my favorite translation is NASB. But I like the NIV when you're reading long passages, especially corporately, because it's just it reads a little easier. Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 1, and we're going to go all the way through the chapter this morning, all the way through verse 18. Okay, if you're there, say, Amen, or I'm there, or, or Yeehaw. <laughs> verse 1, Joshua 1, 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. So this is an incredible and exciting time for Israel. I imagine when he gives that command, now this needs to go out to about a million people. They didn't have... Facebook or Instagram to send it out, right? So it's like he told his leaders, and then this news is just going to spread through the camp. And I bet you that was an extremely exciting time for them. They're, they're, this news just spread through the camp. Get ready. Get ready. Get your stuff ready because in three days, we're going. Imagine waiting 40 years, and now they're like, it's time. We're getting ready to go. So this was an exciting moment. And you have to remember that for 400 years, they have not had their own land. So this finally, after 400 years and many of those years in slavery, they're getting ready to go back and possess their own land, and it's the land that God promised them. So this is an exciting time for Israel. And this is a changing of the guard. Moses has passed on, and now Joshua is the leader. And this is the same Joshua that was one of the 12 leaders that went in and spied out the land. This is the Joshua that was from Joshua and Caleb. So now this, this man, who is one of the two people from the original group of people that came out of Egypt, he's getting ready to lead everybody into the promised land. So and one of the things that's really interesting is Moses' name means this, drawn out. So the 
Egyptian that took him out of the water and took him as her son, she actually called him, she said, I'm going to call him Moses because I drew him out of the water. But what's so interesting is how God works things together is that God used him to draw out the people of Israel out of slavery, out of Egypt to go into the wilderness. So, but Joshua, this is what Joshua's name means. Joshua's name in Hebrew is actually Jehoshua. And Yeshua and Joshua are actually the same name. So when the Hebrew name Jehoshua appears in Aramaic, the Aramaic pronunciation truncates it into Yeshua. Yeshua is simply a shorter version of Jehoshua. So Joshua's name is the same name as Jesus. And it means Jehovah is our Savior. So John 1.17 says this, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So Moses, who brought the law, was incapable of getting the Israelites into the promised land. How many know that you can never attain righteousness in, in your promised land through the law? So Moses, he represented the lawgiver, and yes, he drew the people out of Egypt. That was his purpose. He fulfilled his purpose. But the lawgiver, the one who gave the law, could not bring them into the promised land. But who brought them into the promised land? Joshua, Jesus. This is the same name as Yeshua. Yeshua is the one who brings you into the promised land. This is such good news because the pressure is not on you. The pressure is not on you to get yourself into the promised land. You don't have to feel this weight and this burden of like, I got to force things. I got to make this happen to get into my promised land. No, you simply have to follow Jesus. This is what the Israelites needed to do. Follow Joshua into the promised land. He said, we're getting ready. We're going into the promised land. So when you're thinking about attain or getting into all the promises that God has for you, you simply just follow Jesus. He's the only one who can lead you into the promised land. Are you with me? Simply follow Jesus. He will take you in. Moses, the giver of the law, couldn't bring the children of Israel into the promised land, but Joshua, whose name means Savior and who represented Jesus, brought the Israelites into the promised land. Let's read verse 3. It says, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. So this is the season where God is taking you and he's taking us as a church into new territory. So get ready to expand. When Chris Overstreet was here earlier this year, he, he had a prophetic word for us, and he said, there's a spirit of expansion on your church. This is an Isaiah 52 moment, he was telling us. And as Isaiah, uh, I'm sorry, Isaiah 54 moment. In Isaiah 54 too, it says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stre stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Do not hold back. I feel fire on that this morning. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. And I want to declare over you that this is an Isaiah 54 moment. This is an expansion season. 
Verse 5 says, No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. Now, I only know two people personally that have heard the audible voice of God. Maybe some of you have, and I'd love to hear your story if you have. I love hearing those stories. But two people that are very close to me, I know that have heard the audible voice of God. And one is Ken Bach, who he has an amazing story. The other one is my dad. And his story is when I was a baby, um, I was grew up in Michigan, and this, this would be the 70s, and so we didn't care about fancy car seats or seat belts. Uh, so I, I usually, I remember sleeping in the back of the window oh, yeah. <laughs> or on the floor. Um, and for some reason, never on the seat. It was either in the back of the window or on the floor. And his story is, it was, it was that night I was sleeping in the back and my mom was sleeping next to him and he's just driving just, just down the road to get home and he hears audible voice of the God uh, audible voice of God very clearly say, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And he, he jumped and he woke up my mom and said, did you hear that? And she was sleeping. But he heard the audible voice of God say, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Another time he was in the forest, just walking in the forest, and this uh, uh, little piece of paper blew up next to his feet, and he picked it up, and it said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And so I feel, I feel that word is for you this morning. The Lord is saying to you, and he wants you to know, especially right now in this season, you need to know, hey, I'm asking you to go into the promised land. I'm advancing you in the season, but you need to hold close. I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm going in with you. Like Michael's word this morning, that was so beautiful. He, he's going in with us. And, and like Michael said, if... If God's not going with us, we don't want to go. So he's going with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And if you look at the deep meaning of that, it means he never turns his heart away from you. No matter what you do, God's heart is always turned towards you. What an amazing God. So God is speaking over you today. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Verse 6. It says, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. So I believe that there are leaders all across this room. And I believe one of the mandates on this house is to raise up leaders. And our job as leaders is to lead others into their inheritance. One of the best ways that you can lead others into their inheritance is to first walk into your own inheritance because you cannot take others where you have not been. Your job as, as a leader is to help other people walk into their inheritance, but first you have to walk into your own. Your job as a leader is to call out the gold in others. To look, you know, the prophetic really can be just looking at someone and saying, God, show me the gold in them. When you created joy, what were you thinking? What, what, <laughs> what were you thinking, Lord? <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> what were you thinking? 
Maybe I'll rephrase it. What did you have in mind, God, <laughs> when you created joy? And that really, you know, if you listen to Sean Bowles, one of the people who I've never seen somebody move in that like he does, like our friend Levi, a hug who comes, he's been here 10 times. And you can find this um, on, uh, I think it's on Facebook video. I'm not sure if it's on YouTube. But he calls our friend Levi out in a crowd, and he didn't know Levi. He's ha he had his phone number. He just calls out his whole phone number. So Levi stands up. Yep, that's my number. He goes, St. Mark, what, is that, what does that mean to you? And he goes, that's the street I live on. And he goes, okay, well, he starts giving him a word. And he goes, I just see the Lord. He doesn't know his name. He's like, I just see the Lord hugging you with purpose. Everybody starts laughing around Levi because they know who he is. So that's what, what's going on. What does that mean to you? He goes, my last name's Hug. So, but one of the things that he talks about is the prophetic oftentimes is just looking at someone and say, God, what is your original design for this person? Like, without all the junk, without everything, because we all have things we're, we're being perfected in, but without all that thing aside, all the fear aside, all the junk that gets in, if, if all that's pushed aside, what is the thing that you see when you look at this person that you created them for? And that's what we're called to do with each other is to look past the junk and to um, see what God sees and to call out what God created us for. Our job is to champion people. And I want our church to be a culture that we champion one another. Our, our job is to find out what someone's God vision is and to champion them in it. We need to champion each other. Amen? So verse 7 says, be strong and very courageous. This is the second time he says this. He just said it in verse 6. Be strong and courageous. He says it again. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law that my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you'll be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So we, we know that we are not under the law. We know that now that we are under grace and we're under the leading and the direction of the Holy Spirit. But how many know the Holy Spirit is never going to lead you into violating God's law? Of course not. It's, it says as much in Romans chapter 6. He says, so now that we've received grace, should we just sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. NASB, certainly not. Uh, King James says, God forbid. No, so no, we, of course we don't want to do that. Holy Spirit is not going to lead us to violate God's law. But we are not under the law. The Bible says we are now under grace, and we're under the leading of the Holy Spirit. How many know that the law mostly just told you what not to do? But the Holy Spirit, not only will he not lead you to violate God's law, but he tells you what to do. He'll actually lead you and guide your life. This is such a better covenant that we're under. So when I read passages like this, I know my focus is not on a law of like, I want to make sure that I'm not violating this. My focus is now on following the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's going to lead me. He's not going to lead me into violating God's law. Of course, I don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. But my focus, this is the point. 
Your focus is not on a list of rules and of right and wrong because that's not the relationship that God wants with you. He wants a personal relationship with you through his son, Jesus Christ, where he leads you by the Holy Spirit. So when I read a passage like this, what I, th- what I translate it to in my mind is, I am under the voice of the Holy Spirit, and I am following the Holy Spirit. And I want to be careful to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit because he's going to lead me. Then my way will be prosperous and successful. Amen? Are you with me? Verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Third time, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is the third time he's saying, be strong. And this time he says, I've commanded you, be strong, be courageous, Why do you think this is so emphasized? Because he knows that the people that are going to get ready to go and inherit their promised land, that the enemy is going to challenge it. And he's telling him over and over, be strong, be courageous, be strong, be courageous, be courageous, be brave, be strong, because the enemy doesn't want you in your promised land. He is going to challenge it. There will be days when you want to give up. There will be days when you feel like continue, or you feel like you can't continue. There will be days when everything in the natural looks like the opposite of the promise, and that's when we're like, "Lord, I'm holding on to Your promise," and that's where we need to grab onto that. Be brave, be strong. God, You said You'd never leave me, You'd never forsake me, and He tells them over and over, "Be strong, be brave, be courageous," because He knows that the enemy is going to challenge you. But we are called to overcome. We are called to step into God's strength. And in Ephesians 6, 10, and 11, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So when God says be strong, he's not even asking you to be strong in your own strength. He's asking you to be strong in his strength. Lean into him. Lean into his strength and say, I will be strong. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to bow down to what the enemy is trying to do. I'm not going to let the roadblocks that the enemy is putting up stop me from inheriting my promised land. And I'm going to lean into the strength of God and see everything that he's promised me come to pass. Amen? You can do it. Be strong. I feel like this is like that fatherly encouragement. Be strong. You can do it. You know, we look at our little kids and, you know, when they're, when they're getting ready to walk, we're like, you can do it. And they're like, this is so hard. And we're like, you, no, you can do it. Be strong. You got this. And I feel the encouragement of the Lord right now. He's saying, be strong, be courageous, be brave. Don't back down. Don't give up. Keep pressing on. Hallelujah. Verse 10. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people. He says, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you for your own. 
I'm telling you this morning, get your provisions ready. Get ready to enter into new promises. Get ready to enter into new blessings. Get ready for new breakthrough. Get ready for expansion. Start to plan for it. Part of the step of faith is that you get ready. He said, tell them to get ready. Tell them to get their stuff ready because we're going. So I want to tell you this morning, get ready for what God wants to do in this season. Verse 12, but the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, the Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but all of your fighting men fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest as he has done for you and until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. So this, this is a really interesting few verses from um, verse 12 to verse 15. So there's, there's these two and a half tribes, and they earlier had went to Moses when they're at the edge of the promised land. They go to Moses and they say, Moses, we actually like this land. With your permission, like, we actually don't want to go across the Jordan. We want to stay here. And they're like, with your permission, we'd like to stay here. And he actually pushes back on it. He's like, God's want, he wants all of us to go across the Jordan and into the promised land. But they technically, they kind of had him on a technicality because technically God said, I've given you all the land all the way to the Euphrates on the west, or for you guys, on the west. And so he, he, he kinda, they kind of had him in a technicality. There. He's like, well, God did say he's given us all this land, but he kind of pushed back. He's like, but... We're all supposed to cross the Jordan. So he, he actually gives them what they want. And he says, on one condition, though, you have to help your fighting men have to cross over with us. They have to help the rest of the tribes conquer the land. And when that's done, you can come back to this land and stay here. Very interesting little passage and very interesting that that happened. So once you're saved... The enemy can never take that away from you. We're so thankful for that. But what he tries to do is to say, you know, you're fine just the way you are. Why don't you just be content with where you're at? You know, this is pretty good right here. You know, you got, there's, you've came a long way. Why don't you just settle for, to stay right here? You're fine just the way you are. I want to tell you this morning, don't be content or complacent to live outside of all of the promises that God has given you. The enemy is usually not obviously coming to you as the enemy. He comes to you as an angel of light. Doesn't that almost sound spiritual? You know, you should be content. Look at all that God's done for you. Why aren't you just content for where you're at? 
why don't you just stay here? This is good. Why don't you just make the best of this? And this is kind of the spirit of what was happening here. They're like, we kind of like it here. We don't want to go any further. There's always going to be people who don't want to press into everything that God has for them. And we see later in the scripture, this caused a ton of problems for these tribes. These tribes had the most issues from this point forward. For one thing, the area where they lived was where the enemy would always come in and attack first. So they were always the tribes that were getting attacked first. When, when the enemies were coming in and trying to overthrow them, they would always come in through that way. The other problem was the center of worship that was going to be established was on the other side of the Jordan. Community. Ryan did such a great job talking about community. The community, the church, the things that were happening spiritually was all on the other side of the Jordan, and they were separated from it. They were outside of community. So there's, there's a trend I see, and it's not just in our church, but where people come to church like once or twice a month. And I just want to tell you this morning, it is so important to remain faithful in the house of God. It is so important to remain faithful in the house of God. These tribes, when they got separated off, were the most attacked tribes. And when, when Israel, hundreds of years later, get, go into captivity, these were the first tribes to go into captivity because they'd separated themselves. Yes, we need his presence. We need to come to church because we need to be in his presence. Yes, we need to hear the word. But also we need to stay close to community. And I promise I didn't put Ryan up to anything he said this morning. <laughs> I didn't plan that. I didn't know. I was like, yes, Lord, amen. Because when we get away from community, that's when we become vulnerable to the enemy. We're here to help each other. We're here to help each other walk with the Lord. We're here to champion each other and to hold each other up. And the enemy always likes to get us away from the rest so that he can come in and attack. We see the same thing with uh, livestock, with sheeps. Like the one sheep or the group of sheeps that get off on their own, they're the ones that are most vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. So we don't want to do that. We want to be faithful. We want to stay close in community because we want to see everything that God's called us to move into, uh, that we're able to do it. And the community actually holds our arms up and helps, helps us get in there. Verse 16. Then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Now, what leader doesn't want to hear that? Joshua, whatever you say, we're going to do it. Whatever you commanded us, wherever you send us, we're going to go. But what we see here is a unity in the vision that God gave Moses and now Joshua, there's a unity finally. Finally, there's a unity. The people are finally not complaining. They're finally not pushing back. They're finally on the same page with the vision that God has given Israel that he gave to Moses and he gave to Joshua. They're finally saying, we're ready. We're going to follow the vision. We're, gonna, we're in line with what's what's a." God has said, and we're ready to go. Now, verse 17, I laughed out loud when I read this this past week. It says, just as we fully obeyed Moses. Oh, 
Seriously. Wow. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, we will obey you. And so, you know, maybe this is the new generation, and maybe that's true. We know certainly the other generation had some issues. Michael talked about the golden calf this morning. A few issues there. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Verse 18, whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. So this chapter ends with the people actually exhorting Joshua and speaking back to him what he's been saying to them and what God's been telling them. Be strong, be courageous. And they're saying it back. They're like, we're going to do everything you, you're, say to us to do, or you're telling us to do. We're on board. We're in unity. And they're speaking back and they're saying, only be strong and be courageous. So he told them three times, be strong and be courageous. And now they're echoing it back. Be strong and be courageous. So would you stand with me this morning? I want to pray over you this morning. Pastor Joy, could you come up? Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the spirit of faith. Thank you, God. We connect to what you have said to us and what you say in your word and what you're speaking over us in this season, to get ready, to get ready, to not stay the same, to not stand still, but to move forward, to make plans, get the provisions ready, get ready to go into the promised land. God, we take you at your word that, God, you've already given us the land. You've already given us the land. We don't have to fight for what you've already given us. We simply follow Jesus. And so we thank you, Jesus. We follow you. God, into this next season. We follow you, Jesus, into the promises. God, we follow you, even, even the, the things in our life that may be difficult. Jesus, we're following you. Our eyes are on you. They're not on the problem. They're on you. And Jesus, we ask you to lead us out of the issue, out of the struggle, out of the things that maybe have held us back. But Jesus, we believe for breakthrough in this season, and our eyes are on you. We believe that no weapon formed against us can prosper. And God, we just say any tongue that has risen against anyone here in, in judgment, we condemn those tongues to the ground. In Jesus' name, we thank you that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. You've given us the land, and you're moving us forward into our destiny, into the promises. And just like in the passage we read, nothing will be able to stop us. So we thank you, Jesus, for this next season. God, we just declare strongholds breaking, strongholds breaking, things that have held us back, lies from the enemy about insignificance breaking off in Jesus' name. I declare over you this morning, you are significant. Your life matters so much. God has so much for you, and he is taking you farther than you've ever thought possible. And we thank you, Jesus. You're doing it, and we're just following you, Jesus. 
Yeah, so we break lies of the enemy. We come against attack of any attack of sickness right now in Jesus' name. And we say it must fall off so that every single person here can go into their promised land in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. Lies of the enemy breaking in this place. Strongholds breaking in this place. God, you are taking us farther and, and, and faster than we ever thought we could go, God. And we thank you for it, God. God, we are excited for this new season. We take you at your word, God. We dare to have hope like Joshua and Caleb. We dare to just believe what you said and to step into it and to prepare for it, God. So I bless every person here. Lord, I just thank you so much for these families. God, we bless these families, God, that this is the season to go farther than ever thought that we thought we could before. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Amen.